101.5 WHMP. Grab your coat and get your hat. Well, do grab your coat and get your hat. It's a little miserable out there, but uh, thank you so much for joining us. I am I am uh, really interested in today's first segment because somebody that I respect greatly and get to speak with every week um, is going to talk about something that I think is, is something we don't do enough, which is sit back and take stock of our uh, the ways in which we're so rich and enriched by the world in which we live. And that someone is Brian Adams. Happy Thursday, Brian. Happy Thursday to you too, Buzz. It's a little uh, sketchy out there, but if you're driving, be careful, get home safe and all that stuff. When I um, when I I got home at about one o'clock, I'm calling remotely, uh, calling in remotely. Uh, I got home maybe it was about two o'clock, and it was snowing and it was beautiful. And now it's a cold and dreadful rain that's coming from the sky, and a fog. But anyway, so Brian, what do you have for us today? Well, you know, I've been thinking about this, and I've been uh, honored and uh, pleasured to. Uh, have the mic here for a, a little over a year now, Buzz. You've let me come on on Thursday mornings from Thursday afternoons, sorry, from 4 to 4.30, and talk about nature and science and sustainability. So what I thought I'd do today is just step back a little on this as we're welcoming in the new year, as rainy and sleety as it is, and talk about some of the things that we are thankful for, at least I am thankful for in the natural world. And I want to start, Buzz and Dan, with uh, being thankful for the non-human life on Earth. We bring in guests every day to uh, talk to us about science and sustainability, but I want to just give a shout-out to all the non-human life that is out there, and let's start with animals. I don't think we step back and appreciate them enough, and just mm. the diversity of the animal life out there, you know, from things like banana slugs, orangutans, uh, grizzly bears, shrews, giraffes. I mean, it is it is a stunning world that is out there. And I just want to stop and give thanks to all of them and all of those that enrich our lives and have meaning without enriching our lives. We don't need them um, to enrich our lives, but they, they, uh, they certainly depend on us to make sure that we respect the natural world to enrich their lives. Um, songbirds. Uh, we you, don't, uh, Brian, I just want to follow that, Brian. When I was a kid, um, I was raised Jewish, and we went to Hebrew school, and, and Mr. Fleischman was our teacher, and he at one point was talking about the story of Noah, and he talked about uh, it is not, we should all pay very careful attention because what Noah thought was really important was when there was going to be a flood to save all animals so that they could reproduce and enrich us the way that animals do. And I, I remember, I think I was like six or seven when I heard that, and I've never forgotten it. Um, yeah, Noah would have to have a pretty big ark to save all of them. Oh, I, I didn't think it was literally true. Oh, I thought okay. it was a parable. All right, well, yeah. it is a parable. And I think when you look at the pictures of Noah's ark, it's always just the the mammals or that sexy mega uh, fauna that is out there. And let's give a shout out to um, those small uh, things that aren't even animals. Uh, things like bacteria. 
uh, lactobacteria, those things that live in our guts and help us digest food and 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 make us alive. Uh, Dan, what about fungi? Fungus. Let's talk about fungus. Um, you know, it's a it's a kingdom unto itself. It's not an animal. It's not a plant. It's the kingdom of fungi. Uh, it's got this wonderful symbiotic relationship with trees too. When you know when you dig in the ground, Buzz and Dan, you find all these little white thread things. I don't know if you dig in the ground and find these things. I used to, yes. I used to. I but, do. But they're they're pretty amazing. That's mycorrhizal fungus. That's what you're seeing. And and this and these are, are fungus that help tree roots find water, tree roots absorb nutrients. They protect roots from harmful other bad fungus and and bacteria. They even help trees communicate with each other. So have you thanked a mushroom today? That's the sort of the fruiting body, if you will, <laughs> of fungus. Um, you know, they give trees all this stuff. What do trees get? Trees get fungus. Uh, trees get carbon and carbohydrates and nutrients for fungus. So it's really, really pretty awesome. Let's get back to birds for a moment. Um, and have we thanked our sort of our biggest birds out there, which is bald eagles? And folks may remember or um, uh, uh, know that uh, bald eagles were endangered for quite some time, and they were you know, on the verge of even becoming extinct in the lower 48 state, uh, states. Um, the Endangered Species Act, let's give a shout out to that, passed in 1973, and now we've got bald eagles taken off the Endangered Species Act. Uh, a wonderful, wonderful delisting of a species thanks to some of the work that, that, that we've been doing. Um, Let's give a shout out to the biggest animals in the world. Buzz, Dan, what's the biggest animal in the world? Come on. Come that, on. That whale. The, the, whale. Uh, the whale. The, which, which the one? Whale. Beluga whale. The, the blue whale. The not blue the whale. beluga, the but the baby beluga in the deep blue sea. No, not that. <laughs> but, uh, but the blue whale, 400,000 pounds. That's it? 98 feet, equivalent to 33 elephants. I mean, that's pretty remarkable. Wow. I think belugas are big too, but not as big as the blue whale. Okay, quiz for Dan and Buzz. The smallest animal in the world, who is that? Mm. Silence, radio silence. Mm -hmm. Okay. Some form of bacteria. So, no, that's not an animal. That is a, a, a kingdom unto itself, bacteria, the kingdom okay. of Monera. We think of two kingdoms of light, plant, animal. No, there are a number of others. There's uh, We talked about the fungus as a different kingdom of life. Monera is the the bacteria, smallest mammals in the world, white-toothed pygmy shrews. Who knew, right? Weighing in at a gram and a half. I mean, these things are tiny. Now, you may say, uh, astute listeners out there, whoa, wait a minute. It's not the pygmy shrew that's the smallest. It is the kitty's hog-nosed bat. Well, the kitty hog-nosed bat is a little bit smaller, but it weighs uh, more so we're mm. going to give the shout out as the smallest mammal to that to that shrew uh, out there and let's let's go back to the biggest things in the world now we said the blue whale but the blue whale is not the tallest Dan Buzz what's the tallest silence giraffe again. I would think no 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 we're talking about trees now we're back to trees no we're back to trees oh we're back to trees, trees. oh those uh yeah. Not the, the ones that yes. give you an S. No, 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 no. The redwoods. Okay, well, let's start with the redwoods. Buzz, you were right. The, the uh, coastal redwoods are the tallest living things in the world, 380 feet tall. 
And and listeners, wow. if you have never been out west, okay, homework to do before you die. You've got to get out there and look at the look at the redwoods. It, Where are they located? The yeah. coastal redwoods are on the coast in the uh, in the northern coast of California. They extend up through Oregon, uh, really hugging the coast. All there. the way to Washington? No, I don't no. think. Well, Washington has has coastal redwoods. But Buzz, what you were um, going with the S words, sequoias. Sequoias are the uh, are the I guess the biggest thing in the world. I mean, thirty six feet in diameter. Some of these wow. uh, sequoias, and you find them in a little interior, the redwoods, uh, Sequoia National Park, Kings Canyon National Park, Redwoods National Park. Thirty six feet in diameter. I mean, that how, is stunning. How old are they? Um, the giant wet redwoods and the sequoias are not the oldest trees in the okay. world, um, but they go back you know, hundreds and hundreds of years, and I don't quite know how old they are. Oldest trees in New England mm. we can find. Uh, black gums are some of the oldest, oldest trees. Mm. Uh, there's a wonderful black gum swamp at the Harvard Forest in Petersham. If you're ever out there, the black gum swamp trail, about 400 years old. They're not that tall, they're not that big, but they are really old, um, which is which is very cool. And of course, why are we thankful to trees? Well, they do a one a number of amazing things. We've talked about this on our show before, photosynthesis. You know, can we photosynthesize? I don't think so. We put ourselves at the top of creation there, Buzz. It's Noah bringing stuff onto the ark. Well, one, Noah didn't bring trees on, which was a mistake. Number two, Noah could not photosynthesize. And and uh, plants and, and, uh, and trees can. They take these bundles of light energy, we call them photons, and they convert this unusual form of energy, light energy, into something incredibly useful, which is carbohydrates, sugars. Where would we be without sugars, right? So, you know, it's just this wonderful thing that, 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 that plants do. Um, and let's give a shout out to the sun, right? Where would we be without sunlight? Where would we be without our star that is giving us this marvelous form of light energy and heat energy. Um, and, you know, we on Earth, let's give a shout out to Mother Earth, uh, it's got sort of this Goldilocks principle, right? You know, a Goldilocks, you know, not too hot, cold, not too cold. Well, that's the Earth. Not too hot, not too cold, not too far from the sun, but not too close either. Just the right size to give us that that gravity, that atmosphere that you know keeps us not boiling and not and not freezing so thank you son thank you mother earth and speaking of not freezing i know it's miserable out there and again drivers be safe be careful but my goodness water let's give thanks out there to out there to water where would we be without it life as we know it depends on water and it's cool when we're looking for life on other planets. What's one of the things that we look at is, well, is there, is there water? Is there hydrogen and oxygen? And they, do they come into this, this you know, amazing, um, unique form called H2O or water? And water is so cool because it does things that, that nothing else does, which means when it gets cold, it actually gets less dense um, and that's incredibly important. These hydrogen bonds that hold water in together, if there wasn't hydrogen bonds, if water did not get less dense, then um, we, we essentially would, 
would uh, would not have life as 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 we know it. So that's that's really really pretty cool. Um, we're going to take a little break. We're talking today about things that we are thankful for in the natural world. We're giving a shout out to the diversity of life on Earth: the plants, the animals, the fungus, the bacteria, all of those cool things that I don't think we stop enough to appreciate. When we come back, we'll talk about more things we are thankful for in the natural world. Stay with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. Hearing the verdict and hearing the words racial animus were extremely painful for, certainly for myself and for the women and men of the Greenfield Police Department who really do go to work every day to serve the people of Greenfield. 1015-1400-1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. I'm going down to the corner store. Sounds like the beginning of an old chestnut from a mainly bygone era. Unless you're at the corner of Maine and Chestnut in Florence. Then when you say you're going down to the corner store, you mean Cooper's Corner. And when you walk in, you might feel like you've stepped into a bygone era. It's not too big, not too fancy. Your neighbor is the person behind the counter. And Cooper's is the kind of corner market that's cornered the market on everything on your shopping list. Well, almost everything. Trash bags, cilantro, dish soap, pork chops, tempeh, paper towels, Riesling. And like the corner stores of old, but with a very Florence flourish, Cooper's Corner is still a mom and pop shop, supporting the other mom and pops in the valley. Salad greens from Hadley, coffee roasted in Northampton, honey from Deerfield, kombucha from Greenfield, and they've got all the stuff you need from farther afield too. Greek olive oil, Italian pasta, German Riesling, Cooper's Corner, an old chestnut of a corner store on the corner of Maine and Chestnut in Florence. Open at 6 a.m. every day of the year. You want the very best opportunities for your child. Given the amount of time children spend in school each day, you want your child to be inspired, to be engaged, to love going to school. At Bement, each student experiences this every day. The Bement School in Deerfield is a close-knit community of students from around the valley and across the globe. Kindergarten through ninth grade, learning from each other in the classroom, rooting for each other on the athletic field, and celebrating each other on the stage. We are local, we are global, and our differences make us stronger. We interact face-to-face, -face, share meals together every day, and open doors for one another. The true essence of your child's time at Bement is preparing for a life of integrity, of significance, of joy. Financial aid and transportation are available to help make a Bement school education possible. I'm Kim Laughlin, Director of Admission. Please contact me or visit our website. Bement will be the best investment you make in your child's future. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And this is that great part of the week where we get to talk to our science and sustainability expert, Brian Adams, who is um, telling us what to be thankful for. Before the break, you told me to make sure to say thank you to fungi. 
So I'm going to say thank you to fungi, but I guess the moral of the story is, is our thanks all that they need, These the, the world that surrounds us. Yeah, and thank you to all of those organizations that are doing such a wonderful job protecting not just the fun guys out there like you, Buzz and Dan. You guys are fun guys um, <laughs> as opposed to Jeez. fungi. Uh, but let's give a thanks to... Let's give a thanks to the federal government. Too often we're like trashing the feds. Oh, boo, boo. But, you know, the federal government in, in the United States has done um, a pretty good job in a lot of ways in protecting those things that we are thankful for, the plants, the animals, the fungi, the bacteria, all of that stuff. And let's give a shout out to the Department of the Interior, National Park Service under the Department of the Interior. Um, some say America's greatest idea this protection of our national parks or national monuments, um, looking at places as sort of sacred places, no matter what their benefit to humans, sacred in terms of benefiting plants and animals. 85 million acres in the United States are under the protection of the National Park Service. And they don't protect the biggest areas of the country. Let's give a shout out to the Bureau of Land Management. Who? What? Uh, in the East Coast, actually east of the Mississippi River, we don't even know what the BLM is, the Bureau of Land Management. But you go out west, and it's the one that is really locking up a lot of land out there in the natural world. 193 million acres um, are under the, I'm sorry, 245 million acres under the auspices of the Bureau of Land Management. 193 million acres are under the U.S. Forest Service. Um, and let's look no further than our closest cousins uh, here in Vermont and New Hampshire, the Green Mountains National Forest in Vermont, the White Mountains National Forest in New Hampshire. Um, and again, just a wonderful, wonderful places that, that protect not just our forests, but all the living things that depend on forests. Let's give a shout out to the United States Fish and Wildlife Service. 80, no, I'm sorry, 95 million acres in our national wildlife refugees. What's the closest? Buzz and Dan, quiz here again. Science quiz of the day for Buzz and Dan. Where is our closest national wildlife refuge? Anybody? Um, uh, I, I would say it's on, on the Cape. It's uh, near uh, Coast Guard lighthouse is that right okay um well you're you're sort of close there buzz the um the cape cod national seashore is under the auspices of the national park service okay uh and it is beautiful and it's one and it's wonderful but it's not a national wildlife refuge our closest national wildlife refuge we can walk to at least dan and i can from here even me with my disability could maybe make it there it's the connecticut river the connecticut river is a designated National Wildlife Refuge, 410 miles long from the Canadian border to the to Long Island Sound. It is a wonderful river. So let's give a shout out to really our New England River, which is the Connecticut River. And again, is a U.S. fish and wildlife refuge. And, you know, as much as we're shouting out to these wonderful organizations, the Department of the Interior, the National Park Service, Fish and Wildlife, all of those places, they don't always do the right thing. And in fact, some people call the Bureau of Land Management the Bureau of Land Mismanagement, which is uh, not always true, but sometimes true. United States Forest Service, the United States Forest Disservice, 
which again is not always true, but sometimes true. So we need these organizations out there that are fighting to do the right thing for us and for all the living things that uh, that depend on. I'm thinking of the Conservation Law Fund, the Sierra Club, the NRDC, the Natural Resources Defense Council, the Center for Biological Diversity, all of these wonderful organizations out there that are trying to make sure that those organizations are doing the right thing. And let's look at all the activists that are out there, activists from the past, like Rachel Carson and uh, John Muir and Aldo Leopold, all those wonderful people that sort of wrote the initial book on United States conservation. Activists from the present, and we interview quite a few of them on this show, people who are really trying to do the right thing when it comes to conserving our land and our water and the animals and plants um, that are there. We talk a lot of this sh- on this show about climate change and all of those folks out there that are really doing a good job in trying to make sure that we, uh, that we do the right thing when it comes to climate change. We've interviewed a number of, of uh, kids, of youth out there uh, the Sunrise Movement, the Extinction Rebellion, Youth Climate Action Now, all of these really great organizations led by kids, led by youth, who are really saying, hey, enough is enough. We've got to stand up. We've got to do something about climate change. All of those renewable energy advocates that are out there, our solar installers, you know, when we look at sort of frontline workers, who should we be thankful for? It's those folks who get on our roofs and put up photovoltaic solar panels. Uh, weatherization workers blowing cellulose into our walls, into our attics, trying to make us more efficient. All of those wind technicians out there. It's one of the fastest growing um, jobs in the, in the country right now, which is, which is wind technicians um, putting up this whole new generation of wind turbines uh, on our shores now, all of that stuff. Um, Let's get back to the federal government. Biden with the Inflation Reduction Act. It should be called the Global Warming Reduction Act because uh, really, you know, um, um, setting aside billions of dollars uh, in renewable energy and renewable energy infrastructure, which is is really pretty exciting. Um, We're going to have to take a break uh, pretty soon. And I think we're coming back. Are we coming back with Jazz Buzz? What are we doing? We are. We're coming back. With, well, it's not jazz, but we're coming back with a wonderful concert in Haydenville. Um, so we're going to be back with Sophie Michelle uh, and on the other side of the break. Great. And before we do that, again, just a shout out and a thanks. My my thanks to you, Buzz and Dan, for allowing me to be on the show and talk about science and sustainability. And my big shout out to the non-natural world out there. And I think as we're driving or driving carefully, I hope, or or walking around or whatever today, we really step back and give a thanks for those things that are non-human and those things, those organizations, those people that are out there protecting the non-human. So again, Buzz, uh, Dan, thanks for letting me be on the show. Thanks for letting me sit back and talk about those things that we are thankful for in the natural world um, and I think we'll be right back with concert stuff uh, after these messages, so stick with us.
There was a boy. This is the afternoon buzz with a Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. They say he wandered very far, very far over land and sea. A little shy and sad of but very wise was he. And then one day, a magic day, he passed my way. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. The Northampton City Council meets tonight about capping the number of cannabis retailers citywide. The proposed ordinance received a neutral recommendation from the city's Committee on Legislative Matters. The virtual meeting takes place tonight at 7 p.m. Governor Maura Healey and Lieutenant Governor Kim Driscoll are in Western Mass today in their first visit since taking office earlier this month. The legislators visited North Adams this morning where they toured Greylock Works, a former cotton mill building being converted into a modern event space. The tour continued in Ludlow this afternoon to see Ludlow Mills, one of the largest mill redevelopment projects in New England. A book presentation in Northampton last night addressed homelessness as it continues to increase across the state. Author Tracy Kidder and Harvard Medical School professor Dr. Jim O'Connell spoke at Edwards Church as part of Broadside Bookshop's conversation on the current crisis. Dr. O'Connell, who is the subject of Kidder's book Rough Sleepers, talked about why homelessness continues to increase. When you look at the root causes, usually it's in addition to poverty and racism and income inequality. You're going to see these are folks who had terrible experiences, kids, you know, they they were in poor schools or in bladed areas in uh, coming out of foster care. So the support they need is really pretty intense. As of early 2022, nearly 14,000 people in Massachusetts are currently experiencing homelessness. Snow mixes with and gradually changes over to rain from south to north this afternoon. The snow will hang on late afternoon in Franklin County, a high of 36 to 40. Rain snow mixed tonight, overnight low of 28 to 34. We're all back over to occasional light snow here through the day tomorrow, a high of 34 to 38. One to three inches of total of snow accumulation in the Northampton area, up to six inches in Franklin County. I'm 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist Brian Lapis, 101.5 WHMP. Hey, it's Jason with the Weather Channel and SnowCountry.com. Wendy's fries are hot and crispy every single time. Natural cut, skin-on fries prepared to golden goodness, perfectly sprinkled with sea salt just the way they should be. Choose Wendy's hot and crispy fries today. A nice string of cold nights and chilly days has kept the snowmakers and groomers busy and our open trails lined with miles and miles of fresh packed powder corduroy grooves every morning. New trails are popping up every day and now we're looking down the barrel of fresh snow heading into the weekend. At Berkshire East, two dozen runs for you. They've got action till 9 o'clock tonight. Jiminy Peak keeps it going till 10 every night of the week. 10 miles of terrain, nearly three dozen runs. That's about three quarters of their trails. Ski Butternut on nearly 20 runs now. 10 miles of downhill action ski sundown at about 90 percent of their trails they've got action till 10 tonight and stratton skiing 55 all of them have been groomed in this report brought to you by smugglers notch vermont visit smugs.com check out more at snowcountry.com i'm jason dean the western mass business show with local dynamo tara brewster saturdays at 11 and sundays at 2 only on whmp Brought to you by Greenfield Savings Bank with offices all throughout Hampshire and Franklin Counties. Greenfieldsavings.com. 
The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Twenty years ago, we envisioned creating a brighter future for people and planet. Now, PV Squared celebrates a big milestone. Two decades of designing, building, and maintaining quality solar projects for homes and businesses in our community. PV Squared is a worker-owned co-op. When you partner with us, you get a team dedicated to the success of your project, from your first meeting to servicing your system down the road. Build solar right and do business better. It's the co-op difference. Learn more at pvsquared.coop. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And welcome back to those of you who have been with us and welcome aboard for those of you who are just joining us. This is, I always love this segment, it's take five. Normally we're talking about jazz um, that, that's going on in the valley and usually it's Ruth Griggs or... Uh, Glenn Siegel, who are our correspondents today. Uh, Glenn is out of the country and Ruth is busy. And so I'm going to be uh, the lucky guy who gets to speak with Sophie Michaud to talk about Tiny Glass Tavern concert that's going to be happening in Haydenville. It's a congregational church in Haydenville. Hello, Sophie. Hello, Buzz. Hello, everyone. So good to be here. I'm so, <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that you are here. I, I'm really excited. The more I read about uh, this concert is going to, so first of all, tell us when it's going to happen, where it's going to happen, and what people can expect if they go. Yeah, this is, uh, this project is a, a dream of mine. It's been a dream that I've been thinking, that I've been planning for years, and, and we just finally launched it. This is Tiny Glass Tavern. It's a cross-genre music ensemble, and um, we present an eclectic selection, curated um, program of music, folk music, of classical music, especially early music, and some, you know, popular styles of music too, and um, some new, uh, new original songs as well by some of the members of the ensemble. And the concert tomorrow night, I can't believe it's finally here, uh, will be at the Hainville Congregational Church. And it's, we have... An incredible program. Uh, I couldn't be more excited for the selections that we that we have and that the music that we're going to share with you. We're going to have some early music um, composers that you may have heard of, perhaps uh, Henry Purcell, Cla Claudio Monteverdi, um, Barbara Strozzi. All those are 17th century English and Italian composers. Um, I love early music. I'm an early music musician, singer, but I also love folk music, and we have some gems uh, like Bright Morning Stars, um, Silver Whistle, uh, but also, you know, some original songs, and uh, yeah, it's, I couldn't be more excited about this. We've been rehearsing for the last uh, few days, and it's going to be incredible. <laughs> well, so I know you are a vocalist, and you play accordion, right? That's right. That's right. I'm more more of a singer, more of a vocalist than an accordionist, but um, I love the accordion. And um, and because I launched this ensemble, I get to play my accordion, which I can't usually do in my other early music concerts. I had a well, tell us about the ensemble. Tell us who else is involved in uh, what is going to be presented at the concert tomorrow night. Yeah. 
Well, so every concert that Tiny Glass Tavern is going to present is going to have different collaborators. Um, but the ones that we have tomorrow um, are really exciting, really good, good colleagues and incredible musicians. Um, their names are um, Fiona Gillespie who's a singer, also, you know, very active in classical early music um, singing, but also an incredible Celtic music um, whistle player and singer. And um, her partner, Paul Horms Morton, uh, who is also a very eclectic musician and plays not only the Theorbo, which is a very popular 17th century lute, a long lute with a long neck, but he also plays banjo and mandolin and all, you know, all plucked strings. So he's a super versatile. So you'll hear some, some Irish whistle. Um, I think it's also called a fipple flute, fun name. And, um, but yeah, banjo, theorbo, and um, my husband, who's also involved, Adam Simon, is a multi-instrumentalist and also singer, and he'll be playing double bass and mandolin. And um, am I forgetting anything? Uh, and all three of them, um, Fiona, Paul, and Adam, have written some amazing new songs. And I'm really excited about it. You know, very interesting, but uh, also very relatable music. And I'm just thrilled. I and like I guess it. they're all vocalists as well, right? Yeah, they're all... Um, Paul typically does a lot more uh, plucked strings and guitars and, and whatnot than, than singing, but he's an incredible singer too. And so we all, yeah, we all sing. We, there's some four-part harmony singing um, and all kinds of variations of that. So, yeah. We are talking with Selfie Michelle. We're talking about a concert, the Tiny Glass Tavern concert, which will be initiating the series tomorrow. How much will tickets be? It's a suggested donation, so come and we, you know, um, set the, you know, ten to twenty-five dollars uh, your your choice for a suggested donation. But whatever feels right to you, we just wanna we just wanna share the music and uh, yeah. I had a question here, Buzz. The the name sure. here I see on the website is "Falling Asleep of Reason." That's right. Tell me more. Yeah. What does that mean? Isn't that a cool That cool is a cool title. name. Yes, it is. <laughs> I wanted to understand that better. Yeah. Well, um, it's a, a really interesting, um, it's actually the name of one of Paul Holmes Morton's songs, um, Falling Asleep Over the One of My Favorite Songs on the program. Uh Paul, uh, there's a Blake poem called uh, Falling Asleep of, of Reason, and um, I forget what... Um, Exactly. If, if, if Paul was inspired by the Blake poem, uh, but I think it, it's a collaboration uh, between him and also his sister, who's an artist, and she, uh, I think, reinterpreted a Goya painting um, called Falling Asleep of Reason. And so it's, it's a, you know, collaborative. It's, a, I don't know, just such a fun title. It gets your imagination going and the, the text of the, of the song is really, really fun, too. So, yeah. That's, um, I mean, that's really exciting. Now, this is also Mass Cultural Council and some local cultural councillors yeah. are supporting you in this endeavor, right? Yes, I am really, really, really grateful for the support. Um, if I'm correct, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, Conway Cultural Council was a big part of this. My husband and I moved to Conway two years ago, so it feels really nice to feel supported by the local uh, cultural council. Um, but also Goshen, Buckland, and um, 
if I'm remembering correctly, Hayden Plainfield, Plainfield, Amherst. that's right, Amherst, exactly, thank you, yes, exactly, and it just feels so nice to to feel, you know, our, our collaborators, Paul and Fiona, live in Pennsylvania, and they were thrilled to see how much support we were getting. So. Well, well, talking about support, I had a question for you. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got into music? Has this been always a thing from as a young child, or did you pick it up later? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's that's a... I could talk a lot about that. Oh, but, uh, we want to hear. That's a, that's the good question. Yes. <laughs> Long story short, I was I was really passionate about um, soul music and um, uh, R and B growing up, and but when I um, when I wanted to spend more time with music, I thought that the only way that my dad would accept that is if I had a classical music background. So I ended up going into classical music thinking um, it was just kind of a, a way to get to my dream. And I fell in love with classical music and fell in love with, in particular, early music, but really so much classical music as well, but always uh, kept my love for popular styles and folk music alive. And so up until now, I've been very focused, um, you know, individually, either as only a classical music singer or either only as a folk music singer. And I had all these different separate projects um, that I was able to focus on and do and explore all those styles that I'm really passionate about. But really what I wanted was a place where I could do all these styles together. And sometimes my friends who love classical music don't necessarily come to folk music concerts. And what? I can't believe everything they're missing. And, <laughs> you know, same way around. Some of my folk or pop music um, friends, uh, you know, uh, lover fr friends would never come to one of my classical music concerts. Mm. And I can't, I'm just so thrilled to have a space where they're going to discover the music of Henry Purcell and the music of Monteverdi that they may or may not know. And so to me, that's the idea of a tiny mm. glass. To me, it's a little bit of, um, I want everyone to have these little tastes, tastes of, tastes of delicious things that I want to offer. So that's that's where the name of the, <laughs> the ensemble came from. Mm. Well, I don't know much about Claudio Monteverdi, except that I know that some people consider him the the uh, invent the founder of opera, right? That's yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, he he was definitely one of some of the. He wrote some of the very first operas, and uh, yeah, people really revere him as a 17th century. I wanted to ask you something. You said soul music. So who who inspired you early on when you were into soul music? <laughs> oh. Aretha Franklin, of course. <laughs> Aretha Franklin, um, you know, uh, oh my goodness. Um, I actually fell in love with gospel music, um, mm. and I grew up in France, and um, you know, I, I would see all this, all this amazing music from from France, and fall in love with you know all these art artists, Mahalia Jackson, Marvin Gaye, um, and love singing their music, um, you know, in the, in the shower, if you will. <laughs> but then, uh, yeah, we kind of went into classical music after that. Mm. Yeah. But so this is a great excuse uh, for me to use all the different colors of, of, of singing and music that I, that I love. Mm -hmm. So could you tell us what would be the masking policy for this camp concert? So we'll ask the audience to mask. Um, it's, I think it's, at this point, um, for audiences here in, in West, Western Mass in particular, I think people, a lot of people just feel more comfortable and we just want everyone to, to feel comfortable. So we, we ask the audience to mask. We will be, we will not be masking, but um, as performers, but, uh, but yeah, we hope, we hope everyone will feel more comfortable that way. 
Well, we are going to take a break. We were talking to Sophie Michaud, um, and she were discussing the Tiny Glass Tavern concert. It will be held tomorrow night, Friday, at the Haydenville Con Congregational Church. It's uh, at 7 p.m. It's just a su suggested donation of 10 to $25, but come and give what you can, what you're able to, and support what hopefully is the first of a series of extraordinary concerts. It's going to be focusing uh, on a number of wonderful musicians. We'll talk about a little bit more and folk, Baroque, originals by these musicians, Americana and early music and much more. We're gonna be right back talking to Sophie right after these messages. Stay with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Did you know that under the rules, new legislative proposals in Boston must be filed by this Friday? Join us when we speak with Representative Lindsay Sabadosa. I'd like to ask her about the legislative priorities for the elected officials from Hampshire and Franklin counties. Representative Sabadosa will be our guest Friday at 9 o'clock. Get in on the conversation. Bill Newman. Weekdays at 9. And again at 5. WHMP. News, information, and the arts. Looking for the perfect place to watch the game? Hi, I'm Caleb Hiliotis, head brewer of Amherst Brewing. Make the Hangar Pub & Grill your go-to spot to catch all the action this season. Our famous wings come with your choice of 26 flavors, and with 25 years of beer making experience, there's an Amherst Brewing beer for every drinker. Now that's a winning combo. Join us for weekly trivia nights in Amherst, Westfield, Agawam, South Hadley, and Greenfield. Visit HangarPub.com for more of what we have cooking and brewing today. Get takeout, save 30%. Get candles, or hit the links, save 30%. Dog grooming, outdoor recreation, burritos, save 30%. The Shop 30 store, full value gift certificates to local restaurants and merchants, plus tickets and events. Just click, print, and save 30% on the stuff you were gonna buy anyway. The Shop 30 store, open right now at whmp.com. Can you think on your feet? Puedes improvisar en español? The Spanish Improv Workshop. Take your Spanish to a new level as you think and act en el momento. The Spanish Improv Workshop, four Thursday evenings, starting February 2nd, at the International Language Institute in downtown Northampton. Intermediate, advanced, or native Spanish speakers. Sorry, no beginners. Improv en español. The Spanish Improv Workshop. Sign up at the International Language Institute website. The Wall Street Journal reports consumers are doing their part to tame inflation by leading a rebellion against rising prices, passing up products whose prices have risen sharply. That's caused some manufacturers to rethink their price hikes because sales are sharply lower. Some dating app users are getting added help in keeping the bad guys where they belong. The Match Group 
The parent company of Tinder, Match, Hinge, and Plenty of Fish is now pushing alerts to its users to tip them off to the common behaviors that could help them identify potential scams. The parking ticket scam is picking up momentum across the country. Scammers equipped with handheld printers are producing authentic-looking parking tickets and placing them on legally parked cars. The fake tickets demand a big fine, as well as a lot of personal information. I'm Mark Huffman. Learn more at ConsumerAffairs.com. One of my friends at the Stone Soup Cafe told me a story that's typical of what happens there. She was working at the community garden at the Greenfield Town Farm. She encountered an older woman there, and it was a rough encounter. She didn't leave happy. Later on that week, she came to the Stone Soup Cafe, and she found herself sitting next to that very same woman, and they developed a relationship. And the young woman goes to help the older woman with her gardening, and the older woman is giving lessons to the younger person on different plants and how to grow various things. My name is Ari Pliskin. I'm the executive director of the Stone Soup Cafe. The Stone Soup Cafe is a weekly community cafe that takes place in the parish hall of the All Souls Church church in Greenfield. By operating on a pay-what-you-can basis, it's available to all kinds of people, and a lot of people come who are hungry and who need a meal in order to meet their basic food needs, and other people come just because they love the environment and they love the atmosphere and to have a good time and be part of something special. To learn more, please visit stonesoupgreenfield.org. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And welcome back to Take 5. We were talking to Sophie Michaud about another place where people come to meet wonderful people and enjoy themselves, <laughs> which is the uh, Tiny Glass Tavern concert that is going to happen tomorrow in Haydenville at the Congregational Church there at 7 o'clock. Uh, you can get tickets uh, online if you Google Tiny Glass Tavern Concert, or you can come. The suggested suggested donation is ten to twenty-five dollars. So, uh, Sophie, this eclectic mix of music will people be able to relate to it? Are you going to engage people in any way? <laughs> I love that you asked that question. Um, so, part of Part of the way that I, uh, when I fall in love with music in particular when I'm actually making the music, and that's one of the ways that I want the audience to experience this. We have a, a certain, we have three or four opportunities during the, con during the concert where, where the audience members are going to be able to sing sing along. And I know sometimes singing, singing along can feel a little awkward for some people, but the idea is just in the same way as in a tavern. We'll be giving you all everything you need to be able to join into chorus, into raucous chorus. And there's also um, a sanctus that my um, husband Adam wrote that I'm really excited to share. And you can either sing on a drone or sing along with the music. We'll have some music printed, but it's all very catchy and stuff that you can that you can catch by ear. Uh, so no need to be um, a trained singer to join in. And I, I really think that that will be a door for you to experience the music yourself. Um, one of the other things that I want to that I've established with Tiny Glass Tavern is that there will be some singing workshops before uh, every concert. We actually had a singing workshop on Tuesday. Um, in Conway, and we'll hopefully, at, every time we do a concert, we'll have our, our collaborators come and lead a workshop so that the audience um, or, you know, singers can experience the music by 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 learning the music from 
and by singing the music from within, uh, from in the texture. So there will be some sing-alongs during the concert and looking ahead, every, every project will have an opportunity for you to learn the music for yourself. Is it, is it your position, Sophie Michelle, that even someone like, when I sing, uh, people kind of wince. Uh, you think you can take somebody like me and go into a singing workshop? I could learn to vocalize in a way that doesn't make people wince. Absolutely, absolutely. I really strongly, strongly believe that uh, we're, that music is is a gift for everyone, and I I particularly want you to come and join and have an opportunity to make music because making music is such a treat and so so fun and I want everyone to it's not reserved to the professionals it's not reserved to any particular kind of singer I really strongly believe that that everyone should and can sing so please join us join us <laughs> we'd love to have you <laughs> so when you say that I mean it sounds like this ensemble with Fiona Gillespie and Paul Holmes Morton and Adam Simon and you Sophie Michaud it just sounds wonderful when you look at the instruments and the vocalizing that's going to happen together with allowing the audience to uh, uh, join in at times. It sounds incredible, but how are you going to mix up the ensembles in the future? Where are you going to find these musicians? <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a professional singer in other contexts, and um, I just uh, wanted to create an excuse to bring together the musicians that I really admire and that really inspire me. So our next program will be uh, with one of my favorite pianists and we'll be doing some art song, but also some, some new music and some popular music and folk music around the theme of the ocean, for example. So there'll be some, right, some art song from the 19th century, um, but also some sing-alongs and um, all things about the ocean. Uh, so that will be one of our projects. And in the fall, I have a, a project with a string quartet and um, harpsichordist and theorbo player Paul will be coming back. And so every concert will have its different, kind of a different constellation, constellation of of musicians um kind of i just pick my favorite my favorite collaborators and friends and and uh, we have a great time making music together so and, and who will curate the pieces who's going to decide what you're going to play mostly mostly i curate the pieces um decide there may or may not be a, a specific theme um, sometimes I, I think that themes box us in a little bit, but there's definitely going to be a consistency of, of, of sound and it's going to be a, um, a, a interesting, you know, musical journey, if you will. Um, but I, I'm, I, as the artistic director, I guess I get to, I get to decide and I, I always, you know, it's a collaborative experience with all my with all the, the, the other musicians who come and play, we you know brainstorm of what pieces could go and how we can do that. So I'm always open to the suggestion of pieces that are exciting to my, to my colleagues, but, um, but I guess I'm lucky to have the final word and, uh, <laughs> and decide on what, I decide what pieces I want. I just try to think of, of what concert I would love to see. And I love variety. I sometimes get a little bit, uh, I guess maybe I, Love the extra, you know, stimulation of going from one style to the next, early music to, you know, folk music and um, and all these different things. And they share a same energy and a same passion, I think, even if they don't share the same century, if you will. <laughs> well, I, I think myself and 
a few million of my closest friends. Uh, music is just such an important part of our lives. We love to listen to musicians who can transport us to the beautiful places that music can, and the way that people can express themselves through their music. Um, this is going to be a very interesting concert, and I'm so grateful that you shared it with us. It's Tiny Glass Tavern. It is going to be at the Haydenville Congregational Church tomorrow, Friday, January 20th at 7 o'clock. It is a bargain. It is suggested donation is 10 to $25, but uh, Sophie has made it really clear that what they want is to share the music with you. It sounds like a wonderful exercise in uh, folk, Baroque, original music, and much more. So I encourage people to go to this concert. Sophie, thank you not only for being with us, but for putting on this wonderful music. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's a pleasure. And next time you do the next one, please get in touch with us because we'd love to talk about it. Everybody else, have a great evening. Thank you for joining us today. Stay safe, drive safe, and we will be talking with you tomorrow. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. The Food Bank of Western Massachusetts provides healthy food to families and individuals facing hunger in our region. And right now, with food insecurity the highest it's been in recent years, the Food Bank is distributing more emergency food than ever. Learn more about the Food Bank or get support for yourself and your family. Go to foodbankwma.org or call 413-247-9738. The Food Bank of Western Mass, committed to making sure our neighbors have enough to eat and leading the community to end hunger. Imagine working hard for so many years and reaching your retirement only to find out there's an issue with your pension or 401k. Unfortunately, it's a problem too many Americans face. The New England Pension Assistance Project can help you get the benefits you've earned by providing free legal help. Contact Live the New England Pension Assistance Project for Northampton and the Valley since 1950. WHMP Northampton. WHMQ Greenfield. A Northampton Radio Group Station.